You're listening to the Bold Face Truth Podcast with Amy Green Smith, episode 465. You can find information on anything referenced in this week's episode at amygreensmith.com slash EP465. There. Check you out listening to self-help pods and working on yourself. Fuck yeah. Quick question. You know those situations where your boss asks you to take on one more thing or your partner asks what's bothering you and you respond with a bold-faced lie? Oops. What would shift for you if you actually started telling the bold-faced truth? Everything. Listen, if you struggle with people-pleasing, perfectionism, and you could use some help with boundaries or speaking up, you are in the right place. Thank God. I am Amy Green-Smith. I'm a certified and credentialed life coach, hypnotherapist, and keynote speaker. Fancy. And I've been working in the personal development space since the mid-2000s. Vintage. Sometimes I'll be solo, other times you'll hear from smart folks offering you easy-to-implement tools to help you tell the bold-faced truth. Yes! Hey, hey, audience, Amy here, and we are rounding out our mini-series on attachment to overachieving and toxic goal setting. We've had some really cool episodes in this series. We kicked that off with our special guest expert, Tara McMullen. If you have not caught that episode, please be sure to do so. She actually has written a book specifically on this topic and how her attachment to overachieving and goal setting really started to impede her own growth. We had an awesome conversation. Please check that out. Last week, I talked about the obsession with achievement and ways in which that holds us back and then what we can actually do about it. And also, I talk a lot about how it does contribute to our happiness and our fulfillment and how to make sure that you're following that direction instead of staking all of your worth into what you achieve. This week, I'm going to be talking about knowing when to let go of a goal, like quit, when to quit, when to throw in the towel, especially if you feel like completing something, finishing something, having resolution getting to the top of the mountain, whatever statement you want to use, to dictate your worth around accomplishing a goal. That I think there's this kind of notion in our society that to not complete or to not finish a goal, you there has to be something so incredibly wrong with you. And I don't think we talk often enough about when we actually do need to course correct when we do need to shift, when we do need to quit. In fact, I had this situation happen to me many years ago when I was working in uh, a prestige makeup brand and I was a corporate trainer and I traveled and by all accounts, I had a quote, big girl job. And I had a company car, an assistant, and I traveled all over and it was really amazing, but I was totally dying a slow death. Now, this company that I worked for was really incredible about promoting from within. So everyone who was in any position, any upper level position, was constantly being talked to about succession planning and about what their next steps were. Where where do you want to go? What's the next level? So for for a long period of time, I really felt like I was just going to keep climbing this ladder. I was going to keep raising uh, climbing up the ranks in this particular brand 
And that was sort of what I saw for myself. I didn't see any other career path as really being viable. I was really addicted to the hustle. And and for, for a while, I really did love it. I really did love it. And there was a whole bunch of different circumstances that started changing that. But the reckoning, the reckoning with quitting that trajectory put me in a little bit of a crisis. I mean, it was definitely a quarter-life crisis. I was in my 20s, and I kind of stumbled into the world of personal development. And I remember going to this conference and realizing, like, holy shit, I don't I really don't want to achieve this goal. Like my goal was to eventually be one of the senior artists who was responsible for the media and who was always doing work uh, in film and television, et cetera. And that's what I thought that's what it was going to be. I mean, that was the goal. And when I started realizing that I didn't really want that anymore, I actually had to grieve. I really had to grieve. Like there was a loss. There was so much identity and hustle and work that I had put into going in that direction that choosing to course correct felt it felt like an extreme pain. But I knew that the opposite, the other option was to stay the course and continue down something that I knew was not fulfilling my soul and that there was something else that was calling to me, I knew that that option was way worse. And I couldn't, I just couldn't do it. So I think that there are many situations that we come across where we're in, we're, we're up against something like this. We're going, oh my gosh, I've put so much into this marriage for 10 years. Do I really quit? Or I have worked in the accounting industry for 20 years. What the fuck am I going to do other than this? Like this idea of I've wasted 20 years. No, honey, you have not wasted that time. You've gleaned a lot of understanding and clarity. And now it's time to course correct. The idea that we have to hang in to something or with someone that is clearly not in service of us any longer, just because we feel that we've invested so much time is sort of a capitalistic bullshit fallacy that we buy into, right? Like we don't have to stay locked into something that doesn't fulfill us simply because there's tenure. We don't. We absolutely do not. Okay, so I am going to take you through six six sort of introspective concepts that you can dig into to figure out, do I need to throw in the towel or do I really want to persevere? And there might be some small course corrections inside of that. Maybe the goal does still remain the same, but we're going to shift a little bit of how we get there, okay? All right, number one If you're thinking about moving forward or putting on the brakes altogether, ask yourself, what is my big why? Now, we've heard this concept um, quite a bit, right? Like you've probably read the book Start With Why by Simon Sinek. Uh, He has a whole bunch of different offshoots of that book as well. And the idea is that if we are attaining goals that are really in service of 
of us, if they're in alignment with our core values, if they are really about our own fulfillment, that those goals are really where we should be focusing all of our attention. But if we stop to analyze our why and we realize that the reason why we're going after this is anything other than personal fulfillment, then yeah, it might be time to throw in the towel. For example, many years ago, Mr. Smith, this was actually approaching 25 years ago, Mr. Smith was thinking about, uh, he was actually in school for physical therapy to be a physical therapist. And at the time, his dad was contributing a modest amount financially to help him go to school. And he got to a point where that funding was falling through, some other uh, funding options were falling through, and he really had to reckon with, how much do I really want this? Do I really want to figure out other options of financing and push forward and go through with this? And it really forced him to reckon with the why. Why do I want this career? Why do I want this specific profession? And as he analyzed it, he realized that he actually didn't. He thought that it was like the lesser of certain evils, right? Like this is the fastest way to get involved in the medical field. It was something that his dad really pushed him to do. He It was his dad's dream. It wasn't really his. And when he stood back from it, he realized that his why wasn't a good enough reason to stay. It really wasn't. Now, you could have any number of different whys, but it has to contribute to your fulfillment and your happiness in some way. So, for example, maybe your big why is to continue on a family legacy by continuing a a family business, let's say. And maybe you don't love the day in or day out work, or you're not as super passionate about the actual business, but the legacy piece or the impact that the company or your family has made in the community is your big why. That part brings you so much fulfillment. So then maybe we course correct some of the elements of the business. We course correct who you choose to outsource things to or what you choose to do day in and day out. Like then we can start changing that around. But we have to be really clear that there is a why that is big enough to continue towards that particular goal. What are you attached to? And who are you doing this for? Now, there certainly can be other individuals in there. It could be, I'm doing this for family legacy. I'm doing this for my mom. I'm doing this for my children. But you have to also be on that list, okay? You also have to be doing this for a desire of your heart, not just so that everyone else is happy. Sometimes both of those things go in tandem, where what you want and what your family wants or some other person wants are the same thing. And so it works out brilliantly. (laughs) And then other times it doesn't. So I want you to be really clear. Am I pursuing this degree, this career, this relationship, this anything for something outside of my own personal fulfillment? Okay, number two is the method off. Maybe you do want to attain the goal, 
but the method of achieving that goal is what is keeping you stuck. I've used this example before. I think it warrants repeating. When I first got involved in personal development, I thought, okay, the natural thing to do to start marketing my business is to go to network marketing meetings, right? Join these different types of groups, these networking groups that meet in person at a the fucking devil's hour in the morning and get up super early, get all dolled up, which is not why I got into this profession. One of the reasons why I I love this is because I do not have to get up early. And I started going to all of these events. And you have to do your elevator pitch and you have to give your little spiel about why you should refer to me and blah, 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 blah. And I fucking hated it, y'all. I hated it. Did I still want to grow my business? Did I still have specific monetary things that I wanted to achieve in my business? Sure. Did I still have a certain amount of individuals that I wanted to serve and work with? Yes. But was going to networking events the way I wanted, the method of achieving those goals? No. So that was the part that had had to get tweaked and altered. Then I was able to go, okay, what's a different method? Well, I love online marketing. I love it. I love connecting with people by doing videos or uh, doing podcasts. So are there other methods of marketing and advertisement that actually work for me? And does shifting just that element help get me to that goal in a way that feels much more aligned? Yes, absolutely. Another way uh, that this can show up, like, for example, Mr. Smith and I are motivated with very, very different methods when it comes to taking care of our health and fitness. He loves to go to a gym. So he works at he works out at a specific gym where he has to have the accountability of signing up for a specific time, and then he has to show up at a specific time. So that method for him works really, really well. Now, I too have different fitness and wellness goals, but I work out by myself. No, I do not want to coach. I don't want anyone there with me. In We have a gym in our home. And I love that. I love that I can wear all sorts of crazy mismatched workout attire and it doesn't matter at all who sees me. I my hair can be a mess. I can be I can stink. You know, like all these things I don't have to think about and I get to do it on my time. I can fit it into my schedule. I don't have to be dependent on when a trainer is available to take me or when the gym hours are, anything like that. So do we both have a goal around fitness? Yes, but we have different methods of how we want to achieve those things. So I want you to think about that as it pertains to whatever it is that you are deciding on quitting, right? If we're talking about a relationship or a marriage, It could be that all the methods of communication are not fucking working. So if you were able to switch the method of how you communicated or how you parented together or whatever other obstacles there are, are those methods realistic to shift and change? Are there other method options? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. And, but I do think it is worth evaluating maybe the way that we've been going at this goal of a successful marriage 
hasn't been working? Do we need to shift that? Do we need to alter that? So start thinking about your goals through the lens of what is the journey to get there? There's probably multiple avenues, multiple roads. Do I need to take a different path? Sometimes that different path is a different amount of time. So for example, maybe you have a goal of writing a book or starting your own business, but you just had a baby. And so now something that you thought you were going to do next year or in two years, now maybe it needs to be a five-year or a seven-year. So it could be that the goal is still there, but we're going to push pause right now because it's not the right season. That is actually okay as well. I have done that with my book multiple times because there were new things that came into my life that were more important to me than continuing to push towards that goal. Number three, make a weighted pros and cons list. This is a very practical, tactical step that you can take. A weighted pros and cons list, this is something that I came up with when I realized that the traditional way of making a pros and cons list is not always helpful because we look at the list based off of how many items are on either side. And then we go, okay, whichever side has the most, that must be the right answer for me. Not necessarily, okay? Because the things that are on that list might be weighted heavier than other items. So for example, let's say you are trying to figure out if I should leave this job and start my own business, right? So you're making a pros and cons list. What you're going to do is you're going to make a pros and cons list for staying at your job, and then you're going to make a pros and cons list for leaving, okay? And then with each item that you place on there, I want you to rank them from one to five. One being it's not that big of a deal to five being it's an incredibly huge deal to me, okay? So maybe leaving your current job, we're doing, uh, so starting your own business, we're doing pros and cons. And maybe what we're gonna say is there is a con that I am no longer gonna be able to work with people who I really, really fucking love. Like I'm gonna have to leave a workplace of people who I really enjoy communing with. And maybe that on your con is like, you know what, that's about a three, right? Maybe it is the fact that I don't have to get up and go to an office anymore. Maybe that's a five. Maybe that's huge. Maybe you hate doing that. So you see what I'm saying? Like you, you're you weighing it differently. Maybe the money is more important to you. Maybe the connection with people is more important to you. So you're going to allocate a numerical amount based from one to five, one being not that important, five being incredibly important to each of those items on your pros and cons list, okay? That way you can get to a more accurate number because you might have all of these pros, but they're like ones or twos. But the cons are like all fives and you kind of go, oh shit, yeah, this is this is not worth it. This is definitely not worth it. So number three is making a weighted pros and cons list. Another thing that I'll add in here, sort of as like a 3.5 or sort of a bonus, sometimes what will happen with a weighted pros and cons list is you'll end up with 
something really similar on both sides, amounts that are really close on both sides. So there's kind of equal fulfillment and equal risk. And in those situations, sometimes we don't know what to do. Do I quit or do I pursue? I just don't know what to do. One of my favorite things to do is consulting a pendulum. Now, this might sound really woo-woo. It actually is not. It is incredibly scientific. And you can do this with any type of pendulum or a necklace that is a really straight chain that then has a pendant at the end that acts sort of like a weight, okay? So it can't have like a bunch of different baubles on it or things like that. It needs to have just one pendant at the bottom that has some significant weight. And what this will do is we can start to tap into what's called the idiomotor response. The idiomotor response is the way in which our subconscious communicates through our physical body without our conscious awareness. This is how Ouija boards work, (laughs) y'all. It is not a ghost. It is actually you who's moving it subconsciously, but consciously you are not aware of what your body is doing. Okay? It is also what contributes to handwriting analysis. We don't consciously think about what we are portraying through our penmanship, but there is sort of a science behind how our subconscious communicates. So in fact, I did an episode ages ago on handwriting analysis and how that can contribute to your personal development. So I'll link that into our show notes as well. So basically what we are going to do with this pendulum is you hold it at one end and then you ask it, show me yes, and it will usually either start doing a circle or it might stay completely still or it might go back and forth, but you're going to get a gauge for yes and a gauge for no. And this is actually your own mind, your subconscious communicating through your physical hand, but you can't tell, you can't feel it consciously. So you ask it, show me yes. You get a sign, like maybe this time it's a circle. You get, you say, show me no. Maybe it just holds completely still. So now you have answers for the subconscious. Now, this is going to tell you, give you key information about what's happening in your subconscious mind. This doesn't necessarily mean that it's the answer, that it's the right answer, but it will clue you in into what's happening for you internally. So for example, if I were to ask my students when they first start working with me, if we did this exercise and they asked the pendulum, am I worthy? The pendulum would likely say no. Does that mean it's true? No. That just means that's where my subconscious is. So this can be really advantageous when you aren't sure what you really want. When you're just like, I I, I don't know what I really, really want. I can't tell If I want that just because my mom wants it, I can't tell if I want it because I've put in all this effort so far. Like I, I can't, I just, I don't even know if I really want it or not. So you can at least get a pulse check on what's happening in your subconscious mind. So you can simply consult the pendulum. You would say, show me yes, show me no. And then you would say, do I want to, do I want to go for this? 
uh, promotion? Yes or no? Yes. Do I want to go for this promotion because of what my mom wants? Yes or no? Do I want to go for this promotion because of personal fulfillment? No. Okay. Wow. That's giving me a lot of insight. In fact, I did this exercise not too long ago around my book. So obviously, I've been in the personal development sphere for an extremely long amount of time. And by all accounts, I quote, should have a book. So I started, and I've gone into this process many, many different times. So I thought, okay, I need to make sure that I'm not just telling myself a bunch of lies. Let me see where my subconscious really is. So I consulted the pendulum. I got the guess. I got the no. Then I said, am I afraid of getting this book out into the world? No. Am I afraid of not getting a book agent? No. Am I afraid that no publisher will produce this? No. Am I irritated with the process it takes to get published? Yes. (laughs) So I was able to see, oh, okay, I see the barrier that's in my way. And then I asked, do I really want to get this book into the world? Yes. So I was clear that I wanted to get this book into the world, but what was really holding me back was I, I really don't like the machine of book publishing. I don't like the hoops that you have to jump through. I don't like how long the process takes. So I I needed to get really clear about what was my actual obstacle. My obstacle was not I didn't believe in myself. I didn't believe in the book. I was afraid I wouldn't get ex, you know uh, representation. None of that. It was that I just don't like the fucking machine of publishing. So now I can start attacking that goal through a different process. So what I did was I set myself up with a different method of accomplishing that goal. So I hired a book coach. I've actually done this twice because I know how I operate, where I set up a time where I was going to have a due date with her to get my proposal to her for her review. So I created this self-imposed deadline that worked really, really well. And now I'm currently searching for representation. So that was something that I tweaked my method a little bit. And when I really understood what was holding me back from that goal, I could course correct and figure it out and move towards that. Okay. So consulting the pendulum can be extremely helpful. And you can look this up online. There are other ways of doing it. Uh, There's ways to do it with like a sway test where you're swaying back and forth. You can do certain things with your hands. This is also how they do muscle testing. If you've ever experienced that at like a naturopath or chiropractic or something like that. So it really is just a method of tapping into your own subconscious mind. It's not like some fucking ghost or some universal power or anything like that. It is actually your own body communicating. So that can be a helpful way too, in addition to this weighted pros and cons list for you to decipher do I even really want this? Yes or no? And what are sort of the obstacles that are impeding my growth? And do I need to switch my method a little bit? So before we continue on, I wanted to ask a quick favor from you. Do you ever listen to the pod? And I think this might happen for you where you think, damn, I really wish so-and-so could hear this. Maybe it's your coworker who could actually use a lesson or two on boundaries or Maybe it is a women's group that you're a part of where 
everyone is super on board for speaking up for themselves, but nobody really knows what that really sounds like. Okay, where here's where you come in. I have three battle-tested and badass keynote speeches that are ready to be delivered to your company, organization, group, association. So if you, your community, or anyone you know could benefit from me rocking the mic, like who couldn't use some new tools, right? Please send them over to amygreensmith.com slash speaking where you or they can message me directly about specific needs for the audience. Shocker, the three keynotes are focused around speaking up, contending with fear, and accessing enoughness. And all three of them can be delivered either in person or virtually, and of course can be completely customized for specific audience needs. So again, simply send them to amygreensmith.com dot com slash speaking where they can get in touch with me because listen it is time that women everywhere have the tools necessary to use their voice take up space and advocate for their wants needs and opinions like yesterday and if you end up orchestrating an opportunity for me to speak with your group you will officially get unlimited squeezes from me <laughs> And I'm sure you're all in now. And be sure to let them know that I can always temper my colorful language if needed. And thank you. I wanted to take a quick moment to thank Let's Get Checked for sponsoring this podcast. Let's Get Checked makes professional health testing super easy by letting you get tested without having to visit a healthcare provider. Well, testing for what, you might ask? Well, they have a huge array of at-home testing kits, including women's health, men's health, sexual health, and wellness kits. In fact, I did two of the women's hormone testing kits, and it could not have been easier. And then when I received the results, I was able to simply forward them onto my naturopath to get her thoughts. All you do is you simply choose your test online. It will be delivered to you in discreet packaging with next day delivery. And then once your sample arrives in the lab, confidential results results will be available from your secure online account within two to five days. Once your results are available, they'll be reviewed by a physician and then a nurse will contact you for a consultation over the phone. And in some cases, a physician will be able to provide prescriptions to the pharmacy of your choosing. Let's get checked. Laboratories are CLIA approved and CAP accredited, which are the highest ranking levels of accreditation. Let's get checked. Let you avoid uncomfortable office visits by by providing you with access to home testing and professional medical consultations without ever leaving your home. It has never been this simple to get tested. So get this. If you want to try a test from Let's Get Checked, all you got to do is go to trylgc.com slash bold truth to save a whopping 30% on your first test kit. 30%. Just use the code bold truth, all one word at checkout. That's bold truth to save 30% on your first test kit. All right, let's get back to the show. Okay, number four, seek wise counsel. Seek wise counsel. Now, this could be if you're in a career situation, maybe it's hiring a career coach. Maybe it's joining a group online. Maybe it is taking a course. Who knows? But what you do not want to do 
is you do not want to seek counsel from somebody who has really limited scope of what's possible for you. Or if they are really locked into their own fear stories. So for example, I can't tell you how many times I have known someone who has wanted to create their own business or be an artist or be an entrepreneur, but they have a really great stable job and their families, usually their parents, who operated in a sort of a different economical time, (laughs) are like, you are stupid to leave your job. Do not leave your job. Don't follow your dreams. That is dangerous territory. Don't do that. So seeking counsel from someone like that, although they probably really have your best interest at heart, like they don't want you to fail. You know, they want you to be financially secure, but they're speaking from very limited beliefs and their own fears, which is probably not helpful for you in this regard. I think it's a lot more advantageous to seek out counsel from someone who is not invested necessarily in whether you do or don't accomplish one thing or the other. That's what I love so much about coaching is I don't give a shit about the result as much as I care about how someone feels about the result. I want to see people feel differently. I want people to be empowered with whatever decision they make. I want them to feel like it was on their terms, not because it's what they've always done or I've put 10 years into it already or it's what my family expects. That has a heavier emotional weight just saying that, right? It's like, it makes my body want to kind of slump down. That's not an expansive feeling. So be really deliberate if I'm choosing to leave a marriage, let's say. Or if I am choosing to leave my career, am I conversing with people who can actually hold a bigger vision for me, who can see more opportunities for me, who care about how I feel, not just about what things look like or what's pragmatic or what's safe? When I left that company that I worked for, and decided to start my own business. It was in like 2008, 2009. It was right during sort of the the Great Recession. And my boss, who I worked with at the time, I really, really loved her. She was an awesome person. We got along great. But she responded to my endeavor from a really limited belief and from a place of fear. And she kind of went, oh, my God, what are you going to do about benefits? What if, what if the economy keeps getting worse? What if you don't have any clients? And I'm like, okay, check you out, coming in strong as my inner critic. (laughs) And I realized like, okay, she's saying all of those things from a place of love. She's not like, let me destroy all of Amy's hopes and dreams. She just genuinely has a limited scope. That's it. So I realized, okay, she's probably not the one to share all the intricacies of this. She's the one who I might need to be a bit more boundaried with. And so I was very deliberate about who I chose to speak to about this new goal of starting my business, all right? So seek wise counsel, and y'all pay for it. Pay for it. Get a therapist. Get a coach. Join a program. Pay for it. Those people are there specifically to not be your best friend, to not just tell you what you want to hear, but to really illuminate what they're hearing, what they're seeing, 
and saying, what's pulling to you? What's calling to you? Here's what I'm seeing. What are you noticing about it? And getting you to turn inward for your solutions and your answers. One thing I tell my students and clients all the time is I will tell you my perspective and I want you to always look at that through the lens of, okay, that's Amy's truth. Is that also true for me? Do I agree? Is that resonant? Or do I need to say, no, I actually think this is what I want to do or this is the direction I want to go. That is personal development. That's you dictating your personal path. Number five, now we're getting in a little bit more woo-woo, okay? I want you to feel into it. This is intuition, okay? Intuition is something that we are all born with, but my God, this society tries to breed it out of us really fucking quick. Lean not on your own understanding, is actually a Bible verse that many of you are probably aware of, which basically means do not lean on your own intuition. You cannot be trusted. You must look outside of yourself. Okay? Hello, religious trauma. I see you. But we're not taught to feel into things. We're taught to think into things. What is logical? What is reasonable? It's reasonable to stay in a job that pays you well, even if it is sucking your soul dry. So logic and reason does not always lead to our fulfillment. In fact, sometimes it really steals that joy. But intuition, leaning into how things feel for you, can be an incredible guiding light if we nurture it. And I don't think it's one or the other. I think there's both that need to be present. I think we need logic and reason, and I think we also need intuition. They're all available for us. So how do we feel into it? Martha Beck, who's kind of a big uh, pioneer in the coaching field, has a concept called shackles on, shackles off. And it's this idea that when I think about going, continue to go for this goal, do I feel a sense of being shackled and bound to this? Or is it shackles off? Is it liberating? Is it freeing? Is it exciting to continue going to this goal? And again, you might have to evaluate shackles on, shackles off for the method. You might have to do kind of what I did with the network, in-person networking. That was a shackles on. That was ugh, bound. Ugh. But when I thought about do I want to actually accomplish this goal of having my own coaching business? That was shackles off. That was expansive. So you might have to get into a little nuance here of the overall goal versus the multiple methods. You might have to get into a shackles on, shackles off around the timing. So if you're like, okay, uh, for me, I think I mentioned last episode, I really wanted to write a book by the time I was 40. So if I were to do this exercise and go, okay, does it feel like I'm being bound if I force this to happen in that time frame? Yes. Now, if I tap into the, the overall goal of writing this book, do I want to get this into the world? Yes, that is a shackles off for sure, but it's just not on a certain time frame. 
I need to open that up to create some expanse. Another way you can do this is to think about expansive versus contractive. And even as I'm saying that, I'm sort of the expansiveness makes me feel like I want to puff out my chest and open my arms up. Contractive is a different posture. It's it is, it's almost like tucking in my belly and creating a C with my spine and my arms want to kind of tighten in around me. It feels contracted, okay? You can also ask yourself, do I feel like I'm diving into a pool of crisp water or do I feel like I'm diving into like mud and sludge and I feel kind of uh, stuck? So all of these things are helping us tap into how we feel feel about this goal. And not only that, but how we feel about the methods of attaining the goal. And also how we feel about the timeline of the goal. Number five, feel into it. Shackles on, shackles off. Does this feel expansive? Does this feel contractive? You can also picture that you're holding one option in your right hand and you're holding the other option in your left hand. So maybe in your right hand, this is, you know what? I'm putting in my two-week notice. I don't want to be here anymore. That's in the right hand. The left hand is I'm staying at least for another year. And which of those, do they feel heavier or lighter? Does one feel more expansive? That can be an incredibly useful tool. And then finally, number six, Has the goal become emotionally expensive? Again, because we are a part of such a capitalist society that values productivity and wealth over almost everything, it's really difficult for us to gauge things outside of the lens of the expense. Is it worth the financial investment? Is it lucrative? Is it going to lead to more money? That's kind of what we look at everything through. Instead of, is this going to be expensive emotionally? Is this going to be expensive health-wise? Is this going to be expensive relationally? I'm going to lose intimate partnerships or relationships because of my stringent goal attainment. It's not just about Is this choice going to be financially lucrative? Is this going to be emotionally lucrative? That's what we're chasing. I was talking about this last week about how all of our choices and decisions that we make in our life are based off of how we want to feel because we think that that certain goal will make us feel something. And shocker, we just want to be happy. That's really all we want evaluate if this goal has become too emotionally expensive. Now, there are some situations where you go, you know what? Yes, it's incredibly emotionally expensive for me to continue working towards this master's degree, but it's finite. I know that it's only one more year and it's worth it to me to pay that emotional expense for the next year because I I am committed to that shifting upon attainment of that goal. And it's a finite amount of time. And that amount of time is worth it to me. And that's completely fine, right? But let's be deliberate about what we are choosing. Okay, let's do a quick 
recap. And then I want you to think about what is going to be your action step here. What is the one way that you are going to move the needle this week? Okay. Knowing when to quit a goal and when to persevere. Number one, analyze your big why. Who are you doing this for? Number two, is the method off? Maybe you still really do want to achieve the goal, but we need to course correct around the journey to get there. Number three, create a weighted pros and cons list or consult the pendulum. That was a little bonus there for you. Number four, seek wise counsel. And wise counsel is not always who we wish it was. We wish mom and dad could see the biggest picture for us or our bestie or whoever. Be deliberate. Are those ears that can hear me? Are those eyes that can have the vision that I have? Number five, feel into it. Does this feel expansive or contractive? Number six, has the goal become emotionally expensive? And what would make it emotionally lucrative? Okay, there you have it. I'm hoping that that's really helpful for you. Also, I might mention, I've got a ton of other freebies besides just the podcast. I shouldn't say just the podcast because this is pretty damn meaty, if I do say so myself. But if you cruise over to amygreensmith.com slash free, you can see a handful of free things that I just cannot wait to give to you. One of them is a a collection of nine different challenges that you can do to help bolster your self-worth and self-confidence. And that is an e-workbook called Speak Up for Yourself Without Being a Dick. And there's a lot of great challenges in there. So check that out. I also have a free hypnosis track that's basically just like guided meditation. So nothing to be terrified of. You're not going to cluck like a chicken or anything. But that's also available there. So all of my latest freebies are always housed at amygreensmith.com slash free. Please go get your hands on that and then share it with someone. Share this pod with somebody. Come hang out with me on Instagram. Find me under the handle HeyAmyGreensmith and let me know what your biggest takeaway was from this episode. I always post memes that are uh, representative of each episode and I would love to know what your action step is. What was your biggest takeaway? And next week, we'll be back with a brand new mini series. And I do so hope to see you around these parts next week. And please remember, you are enough. Your voice matters. So go out there and speak the bold face truth. Okay, wait, 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 just one more thing. So these podcasts, it turns out, don't actually rate and review themselves. So I would be over the moon if you would leave a review, rate the show, subscribe, and tell anyone you know who needs to start speaking the fuck up for themselves. And if you do, I will give you a mini pig. Just kidding, but I will be so very incredibly grateful. Okay, thank you. Bye.